Today, we're going to have a special guest, Warwick Gilbertson, on Thursday Finance. He's from uh, Turnbull Hill Lawyers, and he's going to bring us up to date with elder abuse and what can be done about it. We'll also have our weekly market update with Henry Jennings, find out what the market's doing and various uh, shares of interest, stocks of interest in the market. And we'll take a look at the general market, the general situation in the market. We do have Stephen Pritchard here for Thursday Finance. And uh, generally speaking, is anything leaping out, Stephen Pritchard, as to what's happening in the general overall look at the market? No, the only thing that's leaping out, we're going to talk about a bit later with Henry, is that a lot of the um, half-year profit results have coming out and um, a lot of them are surprisingly... uh, Surprisingly good, particularly in the retail sector. Um, so that that's that's uh, good, and we start the program with a smile. We start the program good. with a smile, and and because uh, not so smiley if you've got a bit of gold there. It was down uh, another sixty two dollars an ounce to uh, two thousand three hundred fourteen for the week. Um, the A dollar was a bit mixed this week. Um, it's uh, seventy seven point five three uh, US cents, which is similar to last week. Um, the Great British Pound we're fifty five point nine two pence, which which is also similar to last week, and we're slightly up against the euro of 64.37. So overall, there's not much change in the currency rates. Um, the markets around the world are generally up. Um, um, you know, the Australian market was up another half point, 36.7 uh, to 7,558. Uh, the S&P was up again um, to 3,931, and the UK FTSE, despite all the doom and gloom from Brex people. Um, it was up almost 3% to 6,710. So it's the, equity, the equity markets, if you believe the equity markets are forward-looking and predict everything. Yeah, um, it's good to see a bit of confidence. A bit of confidence it? there. Um, you know, some uh, some um, stocks that local people seem to hold. I mean, uh, BHP came out with, a, a, which we'll talk a bit about later, but a record uh, dividend. So that was up $3.12 on the week to $48. Uh, CBA um, was down to seventy-seven to $84.28. NIB was, um, you know, more or less steady at $5.45 and Telstra was um, $3.31. Now, um, while we're talking about Telstra, I've had two calls in the last week telling me that I've been overusing my Telstra internet connection and another one telling me that, uh, of course they've both got Indian voices, um, that I've, 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 I've got to pay Telstra $89 for excess charges on the internet. So be very careful because we don't actually have a Telstra internet connection. So, 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 so be very careful about fraudulent people ringing you up, telling you they're from Telstra, wanting to get your credit card numbers and who knows what they're going to do. But, so just don't just hang up on them. The scamsters are out. Yeah, unless you want to waste their time and tell them to thank, you know. I, I, I see. String them along. <laughs> yeah, string them yeah. along and then okay. tell them you don't actually have a Telstra internet connection. They're a fraud. Uh, anyhow, so the fuel price, unfortunately, was up $1.40.5 cents a litre and Sydney was a $1.31.3 cents a litre. Sydney, lower uh, than Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle oh, Newsy. what a surprise. And uh, diesel, $1.27.1 and Sydney, $1.25. And it is Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard. We're joined by Henry Jennings. The wonderful Mr. Jennings. The wonderful Mr. Jennings. I gather there's plenty to talk about. All knowing Mr. Jennings. I don't know about all knowing. Certainly all seeing, but not all comprehending. (laughs) I like that. Oh, well, that's right. (laughs) And uh, how is a 
great love, mainly good news. I mean, BHP is going to pay us a record interim dividend of $6.55 billion. Yeah. Um, it, well, we're in, the, we're in the middle of results season, Stephen, so it's, it's coming yeah. thick and fast at the moment. Um, and as the little duck on the pond, uh, the, the little duck doesn't seem to be going anywhere, but underneath it's paddling like crazy, and there's, there's lots of that going on at the moment in terms of what's happening. Uh, and we've seen some huge, uh, not exactly unsurprising, spectacular results from the resource companies, BHP one of those, um, with, uh, with massive dividends there. We saw last night um, Rio as well. They announced their results after hours. Record everything's. Up a billion dollars uh, in profit? Yeah. They can, obviously, that, they need, probably need to do some community um, service uh, after the disastrous um, destruction of the heritage site that they did, tragically. Um, but they, they provided um, pretty good for shareholders, that's for sure. Um, the stock is um, up around just on 1% today, so it's not exactly stunning. Um, the other one that's uh, also in the, the big three, I guess, in resource land is Fortescue Metals, which came out today. So Twiggy's getting his divvy. Um, he's getting a massive divvy. Um, I think it's about one point... <laughs> I think I saw it's about 1.6 billion. To him personally? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, he can buy a few more Aaron Williams. <laughs> yeah, he can buy it, yes. Um, so 1.6 billion, uh, fully franked, of course, <laughs> goes to Mr. Forrest. Yeah, good on him. Um, and uh, the Fortescue announcement, again, big, big rise in dividends for them. And the interesting thing is that they've been quite... Um, ruthless this week. There's a bit of a cost blowout at their iron ore project called Iron Bridge um, and um, that's now looking like a sort of nearly $800 million cost blowout so they've basically terminated with extreme prejudice as they say uh, three of the guys and one very senior guy uh, on the project and replaced them to try and get it back on track. We're going to hear more news about that but they, they don't stuff around Fortescue. Um, they, they certainly want to get it back on track that's for sure. Yes, and, and, and down at Domino's, the, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when it, there must be a limit to how many pizzas you can eat. Probably, well, apparently not, no. Um, this, this is hardly a surprise, is it? The world has been locked down, searching for comfort food, and we've all bought thick and, um, and stuffed crust and, and et cetera, et cetera. What, what has done well for Don Mage? Uh, with Domino's is the international expansion. So Japan um, has finally decided they like pizza, and the European side of things, because they've been locked down in winter, what better thing to go with uh, with a miserable time in the cold and dark than a big, thick, deep pan. So, uh, yeah, Domino's pushed through 100 bucks a share. Um, it's been, a, I guess it's been a long time coming to some extent, but um, and they, they were very... Um, very excited about the results and, um, you know, there's, there's been a whole slew of companies that have done well out of, um, out of COVID for whatever reason, so everyone's sitting at home uh, buying stuff online. Um, so, um, yeah. So pizzas must be the flavour of the month. I mean, down here in Beaumont Street, I mean, they're not quite the same as Domino's, but there's, there's been two new pizza shops open in, in like two months. Well, I, I guess at the end of the day, the actual ingredients that go into pizza are, are, are very cheap. Yeah. You know, well, these are supposedly gourmet ones, of course. Yeah, well, that, that, they're that's not the $5 the, ones, yeah. No, but 
let's say, you know, yeah. the, the, the profit margin on the gourmet one yeah. is, is huge. You know, yeah. $25 for a pizza that's probably, the materials would probably stretch to maybe four or five bucks if you're buying them in bulk. So, you know, the, the profit margin is, is huge. Yeah, so anyhow, um, yes, so I've got to go and try the one that opened last week sometime. Well, yeah, well, I'm a bit of a pizza, um, I'm a bit of a bit of pizza top, I must admit, so I, I do like them a certain way, so I'm, I'm not really a Domino's fan. Nah, only my, son buys, only my son buys Domino's. Yeah. See, I uh, made the mistake of going to Naples and having pizza. In having Naples, a real one? Having a real uh, Napolitano or a margarita in Naples, and unfortunately that clouds your judgment forever and a day. So. They're not bad there, are they? They're not bad there, <laughs> well, no. It'll be a long time before I can go and do that, I suspect. So. Well, you can. You can do it now if you've got the money and you've got, you're prepared to say, I'm away for three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you take the risk of not being able to get back. But uh, in theory, you can, you can oh, do it. Yeah, well, in theory, there's lots of things I can do. To NURFM's Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard, we're in the middle of our weekly market update with Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. And uh, Whitehaven Coal came out with a, a loss of $94.5 million for the half compared to a $27.4 million profit for the prior year. So, uh, yeah. yes. But they've right. also said they're looking at buying additional interests in coal mines. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not an easy thing at the moment being a coal miner, I guess. Um, they want to get the debt down, uh, said the MD Paul Flynn. Um, but, it's, yeah, it's not an easy thing to be a coal miner. You've got the, the problem with um, China in terms of uh, getting your coal into China. Mm-hmm. And coal has become, uh, I know not up there so much, but it has become a bit of a, um, a dirty word in, in some circles. And um, there is obviously a move away from coal, and that has really hurt, I guess, a little bit. So um, the, the share price did fall initially, but it has um, picked up again. Uh, Whitehaven talking about um, some acquisitions. They might be interested in buying uh, part of the Moores Creek mine that uh, a Japanese company wants to sell. So that's uh, that could be positive, and I guess. Uh, you know, like a lot of these resource companies, when the actual underlying commodity they've got, which is a lot of it's thermal coal, um, hasn't been particularly nicely priced, um, you do get to learn to be lean and mean. So hopefully when the good times come back, uh, then uh, you're in a good place to take advantage of it, which is partly why the gold miners did so well um, over the last few years, until recently, I guess, when the gold price collapsed, um, is that they got lean and mean. Mm-hmm. And, and it does teach you discipline, it does get your costs down, um, and you have to try and survive. And then, of course, you've got the gearing uh, when, it, uh, when it picks up. But it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not an easy thing being a coal company, I think, at the moment. No, but one thing is easy, is selling <laughs> bull bars. Um, ARB's had a boom in bull bar and other four-wheel drive accessories. The profit's up 50, uh, was that doubled, doubled yeah. to 54 million for the half. Yeah, it's funny, this one, when they, when they came out with their results, um, the stock actually fell down, so I thought it was actually more like a bear bar than a bull bar. Oh, but, um, oh, oh yeah. very good. But um, <laughs> this, you've, you've only got to use the Mark One eyeball when you're walking around the place to see the tricked-up utes with the, um, with the ARB stickers on the bull bar and all the accessories and the new stuff. You know, we're, we're going through a bit of a housing boom, a bit of a tradie boom, um, the Toyota Hilux, I think, is the best-selling 
Oh, Australia. Can you put bull bars on them? You can put bull bars on them, I reckon. Oh, okay. Um, I've seen, I've, you know, they, they, these, these guys have done an exceptionally good job. Um, cars are back, planes are out, and we're spending more and more money tricking up our, our SUVs and our um, uh, four-wheel drives, etc. These guys do it very well. Um, it's, it's, but they've been, as I say, there's been some that have made money out of this um, pandemic, like Domino's and ARB is another one, funnily enough. And uh, Adairs. Adairs, yes. <laughs> another one. Uh, I guess this comes down to um, cocooning, as yes. we say, um, and wanting to uh, to make your habitat as, as, as user-friendly as possible. So, <laughs> you know, this one is another massive success story you know, from 50 Cent back in the dim, dark days of a year ago when we saw the, the crash in, in March. Um, it's, you know, it's, Four dollars, and people get all excited about the rise of afterpay. But something as boring and as uh, as it is has, has been eight bagger. It's gone up eight times. Yes, and they're so, actually making some money. And, they are. And uh, Ingenia, we'll close on another happy note. Ingenia's profit was up fifty percent as well. Yeah, well, it's not another uh, another COVID winner, I guess, uh, from this one. And they're, they're paying back their JobKeeper payments, mm-hmm. or some of them at least, which is. I think it's, it's a good thing, and uh, you know, you listen to some of the CEOs that are getting big fat bonuses because they've done really well, um, and they're, they're keeping the job keeper money. You think, mm, mm. I'm not sure that passes the pub test. Um, it's been used to pay the bonus, that's why. Well, that 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 is in places. So I think the the good guys have sort of treated it as a short term loan to get over their problems. If they had any, and when the problems didn't arise, they've been more than happy to. Uh, to return the funds, which I think is a good thing. But, uh, yeah, Caravan Parks, who would have thought? Doing well again. Yep. And, uh, there you go. Okay, well, we'll uh, talk next week. and We might have had a pizza by then. Um, we might well have done. Yeah, we Steve, might even... Unfortunately, it won't be in Naples. No, I'm sure <laughs> it might be in the Northern Beaches for your might Hamilton be, might be in Avalon. Yes. yes. Well, thank okay. you very much, Henry Jennings. And there you go. we'll talk to you next week. Uh, Henry Jennings, Senior Market Commentator at Marcus Today. Thursday, Finance and Stephen Pritchard. We're joined now by Warwick Gilbertson from Turnbull Hill Lawyers. And yeah, it is an interesting topic. Elder abuse. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's one of these topics that's kind of surfaced and that, you know, I've only started hearing about in the last couple of years. And I'm sure Warwick knows lots about I'm sure Warwick's had lots of experience in it. (laughs) Not It it is a subject that it's something that has become increasingly prominent um, in the legal world, actually. Is that? Mm. What? One lawyer abusing another? Oh, absolutely, Stephen, yes. (laughs) Um, It's just one of those, it's become a, um, it's a general statement um, thing as to where older people are put under pressure by someone they trust mm-hmm. and forced to do things. So we're not talking about someone getting bashed up, but we're talking about We are. That. We are. It covers a whole range of things. Right. Um, believe it or not, it's even been commented by the World Health Organization, the Australian Human Rights Commission, all deal with it. So it can be physical abuse. Yep. Um, it can be de- deprivation of care. Uh, it can be emotional and psychological. 
but it, and neglect, but it can also be um, emo- it can be pressure um, as to what you will do. Like um, changing if, your will, you mean? <laughs> exactly, and in fact, <laughs> one of the things that's interesting, the Australian Human Rights Commission have a website on it, and they say to people that um, to ask themselves a number of questions, and it's an interesting questions to reflect on. It's, I am treated with respect by family and friends. I know how my money has been spent. I choose what happens in my home. Decisions about my life are in my best interest. I know where my medication is. My will reflects my own wishes. And they say, if you say no to any of these statements, then you may want to talk to somebody. Hmm. Mm, I think it'd be one of those questions, particularly about the medication. You know, I don't know that. <laughs> I know someone. I understand. The, I know someone is in a nursing home, and she she keeps complaining that the nursing home keeps the medication and only doles it out, and she wants to do it herself. And I wouldn't. You know what I mean? I, I, don't I know that absolutely that's, know what you mean. I don't think that's. Um, I've had my mother in a nursing home as well, and. Um, I've seen the nurses trying to give medication to people and sometimes they refuse to even take that which they've been Mm -hmm. um, prescribed to take. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would agree. It's just as interesting that that it's gone to that degree. Um, And there are even abuse hotlines where people can ring up. Yeah, I was just about to say, what, what, what are they? Who could you report all this to? Well, there's a number of things. As you quote correctly um, pointed out that if there's physical violence you can go to the police yep and the you know that physical violence is an assault mm-hmm. and police can lay charges or you can even get restraining orders if you want but that's most older people just don't want to do that no. but that's open to you um, you can there's a, a thing called a elder hotline through the human rights commission where you can ring up it's very simple it's 1800 elder help Right, and they will. Um, you can ring them up, and they will. T- you can talk to somebody, and they will assist you there. Um, and otherwise, if you're feeling that you're being financially miscared for by someone who holds a power of attorney and things like that, you first of all, while you're competent, you can cancel them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if somebody else knows of somebody. Um, who they feel is being financially abused, uh, there's a group called the New South Wales Civil and Administrative Tribunal, and people can refer the um, operation of the power of attorney to that tribunal, and it may be looked at, depending on the circumstances. So, so how, can you, how can you determine if a person's got um, the capacity to manage their own affairs? I mean, this is probably a, 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 you know, a big issue here. It's a really huge issue, Stephen. Um, we can all reflect on people that we look at as far as capacity and say, oh, they've lost it. Mm-hmm. Capacity is a funny thing, and believe it or not, there is a lot of law on capacity, um, capacity is really, you've got to think about it. It's um, subject specific, it's time specific, and it's the nature of the decision that you're being made specific. Now, what I mean by that is, it's 
give you an example. Um, I want to have an. Um, I want to have food that's good for me, so I'll make myself lots of vegetables. That I'll cook those, and I'm able to make that decision that that's good for me. Yep. That's a very simple decision, and clearly someone's got capacity. I want to give somebody $50, and I've got $100 in my pocket, and I'm able to say, yes, I can give that $50. That's capacity, but if it is um, I want to transfer my home to somebody, um, that's are they aware of the consequences? What is it like? There's a higher level of capacity. Right. So the, the, the capacity it has to be related to the circumstances of the decision is what you're saying. Correct. And capacity can't always be treated on the basis of it's a silly decision. Mm-hmm. We all make silly decisions. And just because somebody makes a silly decision doesn't mean they've lost capacity. Thursday finance and uh, we're talking about elder abuse and just how we go about sorting it out with Warwick Gilbertson from Turnbull Hill Lawyers. And, and we were talking about um, this this notion of capacity here. So, um, so people can have can can they be um, can it can it kind of split? So um, you've got the capacity to um, manage your meals, but you haven't got the capacity to manage your medication or your finances or something like that? Correct. There are different levels according to what you do and the level of capacity. You can have capacity to operate a bank account. You can have capacity to, in the old days, sign a cheque, Stephen, yes. but maybe these days operate an ATM um, You ha- or do online banking. You can, But the capacity to do a power of attorney... Uh, capacity to make a legal decision to sign a contract to sell your house, capacity to make a will, all have different requirements. And because people need to understand what they're doing and the impact of what they're doing. So if you come to the view that someone hasn't got the capacity um, to do something, is this where NCAT comes in? This is where NCAT will comes in if somebody has it, if people haven't prepared for it. So if, if nobody has um, holds what is called a power of attorney or nobody has appointed someone as a guardian and it's necessary to step in, they interested persons, which are family and sometimes hospitals and medical organisations or even aged care facilities, okay. can apply to the New South Wales Civil and Administrative Tribunal for that. So Sorry. the aged care facility or a hospital can apply? Well, if nobody's looking after somebody yeah, yeah, fair and enough. they have somebody in care and nobody's making decisions, what does a hospital do? Yeah, yeah, I just never thought of it. Yeah, I assume your family could apply, but yeah. yeah family so. can apply, but every now and again you'll have yeah, families that for what of, want um, a number of situations they don't. They don't apply, they refer them. They bring it to the notice of the tribunal, and in the end, if you don't have family you step in or good friends step in um, and who are authorised by the tribunal, the tribunal will ultimately refer you to the New South Wales trustee and guardian who will step in and be appointed. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so what sort of, what sort of orders or can, can NCAT actually make? 
They can make two types of orders. They can make what is plainly called a guardianship order, mm-hmm. and they can set out the manner in which they appoint someone as a guardian and what that guardian can do, and they can either make it wide as guardian over all aspects of life. I'm not talking about finance, yep. just decisions about how you're cared for, where you live, medical operations, etc. They do that. Or they can make on application what is called a financial management order, where they give you, um, they give an individual powers in regard to the management of somebody's finances, and they can limit that or make it as wide as can be. Okay, so they've got pretty wide powers then. They've got pretty wide powers. The only, the thing to remember with financial management. It's not as simple as somebody just applying and saying, look, I'm the child, yeah. I'm mum's son or I'm mum's daughter and I've been managing affairs, um, please appoint me. Mm-hmm. Um, the tribunal goes further than that. They will need to be satisfied that the person being appointed has the capacity to do it and can do it properly. And okay. if they have a doubt about that, even though it's your the child has applied to be appointed, if the tribunal is not satisfied as to your ability to do that properly and to act in the best interests of your parent, they will, will appoint the New South Wales trustee and guardian. Okay. Okay. So I think we're... Getting close. Getting close. And um, so so just one quickly thing. You hear all these stories about enduring power of attorney. We've got one minute. What can you do if someone's misusing that? Um, Two things. You can refer that to the New South Wales Civil Administrative Tribunal and you can make application for it to be reviewed as to how it's to be, uh, how they're exercising that power. Yes. Uh, That's the first thing. The second thing, you've always been able to challenge somebody's power of attorney in the sense that they're committing fraud or not complying with it by an application to the Supreme Court. Okay, so... That's a very expensive application. Yes, so the best option is NCAT, I imagine, Absolutely. on a cost basis. So that's yes. good people can, can, can do something about this. So okay. if, you're, you're, if you're concerned that, you know, your child B, your Bill and, your, and Mary, you're concerned about what Mary's doing, mm-hmm. Bill can apply to the uh, tribunal but has to show to the tribunal evidence yeah. that Mary's not doing the right thing and how. Yep. Okay. Well, so it is quite a complex thing, isn't it? Everything's complex these <laughs> days, Jane. <laughs> Everything's complex. Thank you very much, Warwick Gilbertson. My pleasure. That's and right. here's from Turnbull Hill Lawyers. And uh, you heard him on Thursday Finance on 2NURFM. We're four minutes away from the news at one o'clock. Soon it'll be three minutes, in fact. And, of course, you can catch this program, Stephen Pritchard, on podcast. Oh, podcast, we've got to mention, and a lot of other programs as well. A lot of other po- uh, programs are also on podcast, and you can get to them by going to our website, au, or I suppose you can like them on your favourite podcast distributor. See you next week.